On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. If you're watching the news on Friday evening, you might have been somewhat surprised to see the president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, a person who's become very familiar to us uh, on nightly news for the last three months, shaking hands with the Cancorda of the Dáil, Sean O'Farreel, and the Kirloch of the Shannad, Sean Daly, or Mark Daly. Uh, you might well have wondered, in fact, what the pair were doing. Uh, we have Mark Daly on the line with us. Uh, Mark, thank you for taking our call this lunchtime. Um, how exactly did you end up in Kiev on Friday? Well, we got an invitation over a month ago from the Speaker of the Ukrainian Parliament, uh, Speaker Stefanchuk, and he invited both myself and Sean O'Farreel, the Cancorla, to go to Kiev and to meet with him and to meet with members of parliament and he said in his letter that our uh, presence there would be a sign of Ireland's solidarity with them and in their struggle against Russia and we felt having received the invitation that would be important to attend and obviously it's taken quite some time to work out the logistics given the circumstances that's highly understandable and once we got the confirmation uh, last weekend we just started putting in place the plan to get to Kiev itself, which in of itself is a journey and, and a, a whole other story that I'll tell you another time. Uh, well, logistically, without going too much into the details, because I'm sure they're still secure for other people trying to get there as well, but I'd imagine it means flying to Lviv or somewhere else in Poland near the border and then travelling the rest of the way by car. No, it's it's mostly going into Poland and then long car journeys to the train station and then boarding a special train, uh, which, again, when you see members of the Ukrainian Defence Forces getting on the train with rocket-propelled grenades and machine guns, they know that, I suppose, they're taking our security seriously, but they also know that the situation is serious, that there's a chance of an attack at any time. But the Polish authorities also put on special security as well for us and every other visiting delegation that that takes the almost 11-hour train journey then overnight into Kiev itself, which is very much like a ghost city where there are people around the place in, in certain parts. There's no one to be seen on the street in the middle of the day uh, and then taken from the, from the uh, train station to the meeting with the speaker, who is a bear of a man. I've never seen a man as big as him, but he is a, a lecturer in, in, in law and a great understanding of Ireland's situation. Obviously, we discussed the issue of neutrality and they understand that and they respect that, uh, but they also know that we have helped in other ways other than uh, in military terms and you know we've we've discussed how we can continue to help and you know that was i think what it was really about is what can ireland do now uh, and there was a number of asks from president zelensky when we met him for over 40 minutes discussing the situation that they're facing but also what ireland can do now and of course the next round of sanctions being one of the key areas where we can help and we discussed you know ireland and europe can take economic pain now or end up facing worse pain in the future if Russia decides that Europe doesn't have the will to resist it mm. uh, at this stage and uh, we'll hope that we will let Ukraine fall and obviously that's not anyone's intention uh, and I think Russia is now well aware of that. And then the other issue was Ireland not only supporting Ukraine's membership of the European Union but being an advocate for this. And myself and Sean O'Friel undertook to do that and to write to the speakers, our counterparts across Europe, uh, to do that. And I also invited the speaker to address our Senate, uh, and he is going to 
do that in the near future. Um, do they understand when they invite over the likes of yourself and Shona Farido that they are not inviting speakers in the, the American sense of it where it's not a, a highly empowered political office where it's a real agenda setting but rather it's a more neutral figure as a sort of facilitator of debates and that you don't and I don't say this for any disrespect to you or your job but that you don't carry as much political clout as your counterparts might do in other countries. Well, I think what they're asking us to do, and, and I think it's, it's dip- diplomatically a very uh, smart move, is to, for us to be advocates for them with speakers in other parliaments and then for them, those speakers, to communicate with their members. And I think that is a way of having a ripple effect across Europe. So it's not just us talking to our members and the members of Shannon Aaron and the Dáil, as you have seen yourself when President Zelensky addressed uh, the joint sitting, uh, are supportive of Ukraine uh, and their membership of the European Union, but what they are doing is uh, diplomacy on a level I have never seen in terms of the, the it is a it is a well or a well I suppose managed um, uh, diplomatic effort and diplomacy is a contact sport. So once you meet the speaker and you meet Zelensky and you meet uh, the prime minister and you like them because they're very personable people and we we describe them as the holy trinity. Like they are one is as impressive as the next, but of course Zelensky is the one that we know most from our TV screens. You can't but be engaged in their cause after meeting them and go home as an advocate uh, for them and, and, you know, make sure that we do all that we can and that we've been asked to do. So they didn't, they, they didn't bring us over just to show us how things were. They showed us, they wanted us to do things for them. And that, that's, I think, a very good diplomatic effort. And we had a, a prime minister in. Coming the day after us, and they they have people coming every day, from all ranks across all different uh, parts of parliaments across the European Union, because this is for them this diplomatic effort is a life or death issue for their country. So they will live and die on the support of Europe, because um, the the war itself is you know something that is a huge attritional rate on the Ukrainian people but its diplomatic effort is going to be the winning and losing of it and they've got the support of the United States of America they have the support of the EU but not all of the EU member states uh, in the way they need to and then they're using and they brought it up and we we discussed it the issue of Ireland's influence with the United States of America uh, and you know again they're well aware of our support uh, within the United States and they're they're asking us to talk to our friends and our colleagues in the United States of America um, to to be supportive of Ukraine mm. uh, and we'll go back to to our engagement with the United States because I know you've got a busy week coming up on that front and I'll come back to that in a couple of minutes but just because you mentioned uh some of the circumstances of the, of the travel over there uh, and you mentioned that this wasn't just a case of going over to see how things are over there in the short time that you were there did you get much of a chance to see how things are and the sorts of humanitarian and, and the infrastructural damage that's been caused by what's going on there after the meeting with President Zelensky we were taken by armoured motorcade out to Bucha and we then were introduced to the parish priest and in whose grounds in whose church grounds the mass grave was dug um, where there was over 100 bodies and uh, since they have been removed uh, for forensic analysis to assist in any prosecutions in re- relation to war crimes uh, and he described what happened in his town uh, over the days of the Russian occupation and the barbaric acts that were perpetrated on some of his parishioners and 
we were met there as well by the deputy uh, deputy speaker, and he then uh, brought us from there to uh, Erpen. And Erpen is an ex- extraordinary story. It was the front line city, about a hundred thousand people between, and the only city left between um, the Russian forces and Kiev. And he was just an ordinary citizen. He's the mayor, but uh, he mobilised uh, his people, men and and women, to defend the city against trained professional soldiers from from the Russian armed forces and they described the last three days of the battle and it was like rocket attack, artillery attack and the decision was made by the Ukrainian armed forces to counter-attack which was highly risky but they, they succeeded in, in pushing the Russians back and that was the beginning of the retreat by the Russian forces but um, he managed to evacuate 92% of the population across that famous bridge that many of us saw on television. Mm. Uh, And he is determined to have them all back by New Year's this year, um, that their city would be rebuilt. Now, what we saw was staggering in terms of destruction. But as we were driving back, there was people on the roofs of burnt out houses putting the roofs back on. So they're certain that the Russians aren't going to come back because they wouldn't be putting the rules back on if they thought they were coming back and they're going to be determined that they won't. Uh, and then from there, we were taken back and met the speaker again and we had further discussions. And he handed me the letter that I requested earlier in the day that uh, asking for our support, but also to be advocates for um, Ukraine in the EU and to mm. fast track their membership, which I will be sharing with the speakers of other parliaments. And that again is going back to diplomacy as a contact sport. And when you meet people and you get on with them and you understand the issues that they're trying to resolve and the the life and death struggle for their country, then you can't but, but be, uh, I suppose, part of that, uh, that effort to make sure that the Ukraine continues to exist into the future. Mm. Um, and, you know, we then went from there to, to the train station and uh, were met again by our by the members of the Ukraine Defence Forces and taken back. And it, I think we were travelling for, from that point on, we were travelling for about 36 hours. It's, it's, it's a remarkable operation that they've got in place. I, I'm really struck by, by that image of them already trying to refix the roofs and just uh, what a demonstration of um, resilience that is. Um, I, I take it when you refer to de- democ- or diplomacy being a contact sport that you would completely dissent with some of the characterization of people seeing yourself and Sean O'Friel over there and seeing it as some kind of war tourism that they're almost seeing it as, as Irish people going over somewhere where they're in the news to try and curry favour or going over for a bit of a photo op and nothing more. Well, a 40-minute meeting with President Zelensky is not a photo opportunity of any description, but what it is is an opportunity to discuss the issues and how we can be of assistance, you know, and they have a very clear ask and, you know, it's 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 doable from the point of view of Ireland being an advocate. I think that's one of their key pressing, pressing issues and their one in relation to the issue of, you know, supporting a, a bigger round of sanctions uh, and making sure that Europe understands that in many ways uh, without those sanctions, the war could continue longer and be more costly to Europe. So, the the advocate I think is the the big the big takeaway from that and mm. obviously like you know we got their they give us their private cell phone numbers and said like you know if there's anything we can do to help um, that they would they would contact us and we would contact them and and let them know what Ireland can do to be of assistance. President Zelensky and, must but, be wearing all this very heavily. I mean, there's a man who's who's gone through all the amounts of of professional, national, personal trauma in the last three months. 
Well, I, I mean, they did say that, uh, and uh, the speakers spoke about the fact that, like, in the first four days, none of them slept for four days. Um, and he showed me his office for the first <laughs> first day was uh, a goat shed, not even a cow shed. It was a goat shed, and how the backdrop for his video messages to his members of parliament and to the to the people was uh, a guy holding up a prop or a, a, a basically um, a, the 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 banner for the parliament. Two guys holding either side of it inside in a goat shed, but they wanted to come across as if this was under control, which clearly it wasn't because they were being invaded, but they were they they did succeed to rally uh, the people and make them understand that they were not going to capitulate and that they were going to fight it. So that was, I, I suppose, a, a somber lesson to learn from people who were living the experience of, you know, four days without sleep because the phones were constantly going. But then the phones are one of the biggest assets and the biggest threats. So we had to leave our phones at the border because they can be tracked all the way. Mm. So we weren't we weren't able to bring them into the country but then you know the diplomatic efforts that they had we were out of the meeting and we weren't in Erpen before it had been communicated that we had been there and that's mm. one of the they want the, the i suppose both the world to know but also russia to know that there is support coming from all sure. over the world and that's one of the key parts of our presence yeah. there and other countries coming uh, every day uh, you know to meet uh, president zelensky and I, you know, when you meet him in person and the, the calm, you know, collected manner that he has about him, the, the determination certainly comes across. But, you know, obviously, like anybody who's fighting a war and trying to run a country uh, and manage so many changing elements all in the one go, it, 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 it would take its toll. But it, it doesn't tell, you know, and he is one of the one of those leaders of all times, you know, not just of this time, but of all times to be able to resist uh, a country and a country with the resources mm. as big as Russia has and still to be able to not only stop them, but push them back sure. and on to their own borders, quite, quite an achievement for any small country sure. relative to the size of Russia. Sure. Um, you've been a visitor then for the last couple of days. You're now turning host today because, as you said, uh, diplomacy is a contact sport and you are receiving some Americans in County Kerry today. We are, yeah, Congressman Richie Neal, Chairman of the Ways and Means Committee and the Chairman of the Congressional Friends of Ireland, who has been an advocate for Ireland and the Good Friday Agreement and the peace process since he first got elected to, to Springfield and he was elected mayor in uh, 1991. He became a member of Congress and he has been uh, the senior ranking member on the Ways and Means Committee, which... Is and I suppose this is I suppose Ireland's uh, look and fortune that we have so many good friends in 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 America uh, in Washington. Uh, the Ways and Means Committee is the committee that would decide on any future trade agreement between the U.S. and the U.K. And Chairman Neil has repeatedly said and will say again during his visit here and his address to Shannon Aaron on Tuesday, which has been scheduled for quite some time, um, that he there will be no trade agreement between the UK and the US if there's any threat to the peace process of the Good Friday Agreement. Uh, he has said it and uh, President Biden and, and Speaker Pelosi have said it as well. And he's coming with a delegation of 10 members of Congress, Republican and Democrats, who uh, are very... Uh, 
supportive of Ireland on this issue and we bipartisan support, cross-party well, well, support. That latter point is important, sorry to interrupt you, but that if, he, if it is a, a cross-party delegation, that is in itself an important because there'd, there'd be people who might say, well, the Republicans are likely to win back control of the House of Representatives this November and that would then, in some people's eyes, clear the way for there to be a trade deal between the UK and the United States if things were to go a certain way. But obviously, I presume uh, the message coming from them is that, no, it doesn't matter who's in charge because we're both on the same side in this. Exactly. I mean, we have a, a Congressman David Joyce, who I know for many years, uh, who is a great friend, and he organised for me to meet with uh, Kevin McCarthy, who is the the Republican leader in in Capitol Hill. Kevin McCarthy's ancestors came from Cork, and we had a great conversation about supporting Ireland and the Good Friday Agreement, and obviously the discussion of Brexit. And that was the opportunity around St Patrick's Day. And uh, Congressman Joyce said to me, "Now, make sure when you meet Kevin, make sure you go in with the ask." Because, you know, you, they expect they ask. And I asked uh, Congressman Kevin McCarthy, would he support Ireland, the peace process? And he said he will. And I said, and in relation to the trade agreement as well. So, you know, that diplomacy being a contact sport part is important here as well. Mm. But then, you know, I, when I was talking to the speaker in, in Kiev, he is sending a letter to me to give to the delegation to ask them for their continuing support. So um, it's uh, more... It's working on multiple levels at this stage uh, between Kiev and Ballyferreter. You'd never think that there'd be letters being handed over from the Speaker of the the Parliament in Kiev to the members of the congressional delegation in Ballyferreter. But they again know that we have support in the United States mm. that they they have at the moment. But they just want to continue building that support uh, with the support that we have here. Yeah, it's it's, it's a remarkable uh, train of geography. Uh, you mentioned just there in passing that uh, Congressman Richie Neal is going to be addressing Shadow Aaron. On, on Tuesday evening. What can we expect from him? Well, I mean, I suppose he will outline many of the issues that we all know are facing us at the moment in terms of the British government's uh, proposal to tear up the agreement that they negotiated and signed with the EU uh, and also the issue of the amnesty where they're going to uh, give an amnesty to people who were involved in killings and murders during the Troubles. Again, something that is a breach of the Good Friday Agreement. Um, and, you know, the United States is the is the one country that I think the UK will listen to, um, and that's why Richie Neal is going to be addressing those issues among many others. But Richie Neal has been supporting Ireland and the peace process long before 1998, and he was supporting it when everybody thought it was impossible and unimaginable that there would be peace in Northern Ireland. And, you know, he, he said himself when he was receiving his doctorate from DCU on St. Patrick's Day over in Washington, he said he doesn't come to entertain people. He comes to educate people. And he's one of those people who knows the topics, knows the knows the nuts and bolts of, of, of what is going on. And when you see the likes of Lord Fast talking about, you know, that the U- US government don't understand, I'm afraid that Lord Frost and the UK government don't understand because our friends on Capitol Hill are well, well aware of all the issues and understand what will work and also what won't work. And what won't work is what the British government have been proposing. And that's why it's a, a great honour for Janet Aaron to have the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee come to address us along with his congressional delegation. And the ambassador and some of his family and friends will be in the gallery as well uh, for that special address. That address is at a quarter to five on Tuesday evening. Uh, we will leave it there. Thank you very much for your time this lunchtime. That is Senator Mark Daly, Cahirlach of Shannon Aaron, telling us about not only the visit of some American politicians to Ireland this week, but also his own visit to go and meet Vladimir Zelensky in Kiev earlier this week. 
On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PWC. Sunday morning at 11. On News Talk.